0: It's the show for real people doing real work in social media. Okay, it's the Social Pros Podcast from Jay Bear of Convince and Convert, featuring Jeff Roars and special contributor Zena Weist. Presented by Interactive Marketing Hub Exact Target and sponsored by Janrain, the leaders in social sign in and interaction. Cision giving marketers and PR pros tools to expand their exposure and Xbeon, social engagement software for world-class companies. Ready to accelerate your social media? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, joined today by our pal Zena Weiss, the lovely and talented from XBion. Z, what's going on?
1: You know things are going great. I'm excited about our guest today.
0: I'm excited about our guest today as well. You do not hear the dulcet tones of former radio DJ Jeff Roars and author of the great book Audience on today's podcast. Jeff is actually in the middle of his book launch party or some sort of book launch event uh, in New York City, if I recall correctly. So he couldn't make the show tonight. He is uh, he is bummed out about that. But in Jeff's absence, I will actually at the top of the show. Uh, usually I do this in the middle, but because Jeff's not here at the top of the show, I'll remind. remind. Remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Exact Target, a world leader in interactive marketing software, powering the email, web, and social programs of lots and lots of big brands. Jeff is, of course, one of their vice presidents of marketing. They have a great new ebook that you should download called The Audience Growth Survey, where they uh, surveyed hundreds of important digital marketers and came up with a bunch of great ideas uh, that you can use to improve your social media. You should download that if you haven't. I told you last week, if you didn't do it last week, you should do it now. Download the audience growth survey from ExactTarget at ar.gy slash audience growth. That's all lowercase, ar.gy slash audience growth. And our friend Jeff Roars actually at one point long ago when I was just a boy uh, played poker in a legendary poker game with tonight's guest on the Social Pros program, Mr. Gary Vayner chuck the founder of vayner media and author of many books including the fantastic recently published skyrocketing up the bestseller charts new book jab 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 right hook gary how are you my man
2: i'm good jay thanks so much for the intro i lost a lot of money that night at the poker game i just want everybody to know
0: jeff was crowing about that on last week's podcast that in fact and he i
2: can, I can he,
1: back that he was super excited that he took a little bit of your money
2: Listen, he deserves it. He did a good job, and Miss Her, she's out there. She, she took the most of it. So,
0: um, it yeah, fun. Heather is uh, Miss Miss Her is actually the uh, community manager for Right This Minute, a, a national television program. Now she's doing a great job for them. Awesome. So, uh, congrats on the book. It's doing fantastic as I expected that it would. You've been promoting it like only you can. Uh, and so that certainly helps of course, but it's, it's a really, really good book. I, I actually purchased a bunch of copies of the book. In fact, uh, the first 20 people who comment, Uh, or share the blog post uh, that we will write with the transcript of this blog post, we'll get a free copy of Jab, 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 Right Hook, courtesy of me and Convince to Convert. So when the podcast comes out the same day that you hear this podcast, the blog post will be up at convinceandconvert.com. Check out the transcript of this here blog post, either share it in social media and or leave a comment for me or for Gary, for Zena, and I will send you a copy of the book and you will thank me that I can promise.
2: I appreciate that, Jay. I think, you know, it was funny. We were chatting for a few seconds before we started the show, and I wish everybody had heard it. I wish it was the start of the show, which was really the tone of your voice was kind of exactly. I got to tell you, this is really how I feel. The tone of your voice of how you said you liked the book was exactly what I wrote it for, which was that the best people like yourself, and I believe that to be true, and that do know my spiel, would actually get value out of it. And that meant a lot to me. I mean, you literally even said, because I've tuned you out. And like, that's really why I wrote it. I wrote it from the most selfish place of this book's origin comes a situation where I know what I've been doing for the last two, three years in building my agency and doing my work. And I know how ahead of it I am. And I wanted to not, you know, at some competitive level, remind everybody like, hey, I'm worth checking out. I'm worth the time and allocation. I really do know how to like, do actual work. It's not just the charisma and marketing efforts that I put behind this book to why it's, gonna, why it's worthwhile. And this book, More Than Thank You Economy, by far has caught the attention of the 3%, the top 3% of people that I actually have a lot of heart for myself, and that has been stunningly rewarding.
0: Well, it's, it's really one of the only books out there, if not the only book out there, that not only capitalizes upon the very important trend of, of micro content and and highly visual content across a multitude of social platforms, we talk about those issues here on the show every week. But it also gives you dozens and dozens and dozens of real world examples from companies of all types and sizes and descriptions, both companies doing micro content particularly well in a particular platform and companies that that tried. Hard, but didn't execute it well. So it is extraordinarily useful as a book because it's right there. It's side, literally, the way it's structured is side by side. Here's a good example of Instagram. Here's a less good example of Instagram. Here's a good example of a tweet with a hashtag. Here's a less good example of a tweet with a hashtag. And so, as social media practitioners, I think we often fall into the trap of assuming that our audience knows what the hell we're talking about. But what's so great about this book is that there's no misunderstandings possible. Uh, you just open the book. It's like, oh. Now I understand why this particular twist on it is better than this other twist on it. And uh, and I think that's why this book, even though the examples in the book, um, you know, may not be the the, the most uh, current examples a year from now, the premise will be useful forever. Uh, I think it's, it's the right book at the right time. And uh, I'm really, really happy about it.
2: I appreciate that. And, and you're right. I mean, it's a challenge of all these platforms changing. And thus, do the examples hold weight? But the truth is... I kind of focused on making a $30, you know, app utility. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know something about utility, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like something that, you know, something that, no. I mean, I'm obsessed with this notion of, does somebody buy this for $30? Because I'm worried, I'm not worried about the $18 at Amazon. I'm worried about somebody going to a local bookstore and paying $30 for it. And Do they go home and do they say, man, that was a very good investment. I started with that finish line of an answer when they closed the book. And that's why, listen, you know, it's kind of funny. I always talk about hustle and hard work and all these things, and getting these accolades in the first week from people like yourself, and it means so much to me, it kind of reminds me of like, God, hard work is just, there's no substitute. This was the hardest book I ever wrote because I went through hundreds of case studies to get to this, and yeah. like, it just took a crap load of time.
0: Yeah, no doubt. People think, oh, you just got to put a case study up there, but you got to find the right ones and the ones to, to sort of make the point in the way that you want to make it. And because of the book, the, the way the book is structured, where it's here's a good example and a less good example, you have to have just as many bad ones as good ones. And, oh, and, and, it's, and it's not easy.
2: I mean, I, I had a huge amount of help from my VaynerMedia team of finding stuff, and we'd sit down, I'd start recording my thoughts, and I'm like, wait, that's not good. There was a great, uh, here's a little scoop for your podcast. My favorite example of the book was a Patriots, a New England Patriots piece of content that was that I decided to put in there as an Easter egg for my fans that know how much I love the Jets, where I, I, I have, they do a fairly decent job, unfortunately, but I found a really bad example on Pinterest, and then it ended up being, the example ended up being Aaron Hernandez's jersey, and,
0: <laughs> and we'll, I got fi- we'll fix that lucky. in the edit, right? Yeah.
2: Jay, I got very lucky. I mean, we pulled it with just weeks to go, you know, oh, the time of the books. And if it would have made it, you know, that would have looked very crass and low class, low blow by me. And I'm, yeah. I'm very thankful that didn't happen. Oh, but it was stuff like that, right? Or were you know, or I would critique it, and just didn't feel good. You know, you'd put 15, 20 minutes into your thought about this piece of content. I recorded my thoughts for the tr- for the book, and then like, you know, I'd be done. I'd be like, you know what, that didn't feel right. Screw it. I don't like this. Or here's a better example of an automotive or a small business. It just took a lot of time to get to these 70-plus case studies.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And it's actually right up uh, my alley in particular because you, you may or may not know this. On my blog, com. we have a, a regular series that happens every Thursday called The Social Media Image of the Week where we take yeah. uh, a piece of micro content. And actually, the, the person who writes that uh, that post series for us is Jessica Giglio from Dunkin' Donuts. And you actually blasted her a little bit in your book, but she's a big girl. She'll be fine uh, <laughs> for one of the pieces of content that they put out there on Facebook. And By the way let me
2: just say you right now they're as good as it gets. Oh so, Jessica's
0: amazing. And, you know, and Duncan's fantastic. I, I
2: think they, they crush so you know uh, you know I, I'm, I, it wasn't even that hard of a blast.
0: No, no, but it was wasn't a, all. It was a I'm perfect kidding.
2: example to what I was trying to get. A it, totally of.
0: So, it totally was. It totally was. and so I, that's why I say we've been we've been writing about that kind of uh, concept for a long time and then to see a I mean, whole book one, that Major takes it. it's has great been doing
2: for four and a half years. Yeah. it was why I was in a position I mean listen, I do know and I, I you know I really I'm not joking. And I want everybody who's listening to this—you know, everybody knows me well enough to know, like, I can shoot very, very straight. I mean, this book in itself, a lot of people questioned why I would like critique people that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of negative examples in this book. I know that you know the real stuff, and I really was pumped when with your quick reaction before we went on this call. Very pumped.
0: Yeah, you bet. Thanks. Let me ask you a few questions about the book because I I read it um, all the way through. Um, I want you to talk about. The concept of native versus non-native co- content, and and sort of how that, how the for the platform really dictates the content, and I think it's a it's it's a great point, and it really weaves throughout the whole book. Um, the whole book is sort of based on that premise, but it's not something yeah. that gets talked about, and it's not well understood even by social media practitioners. So, could you riff on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think you're again. I was really looking forward to this podcast that's coming through. You riffed it on the singular thing that matters, which is the context of the room you're telling a story in, right? So for example, I can be dramatically more nerdy on this call because I know the people that are listening actually know what the hell's going on, right? So I can be more detailed. Thus, yeah. I will in this call. That's me respecting the context of the room where I'm telling a story. That same thesis, and and you know this because we've spoken on you know, the speaking circuit together. I've got my My first 10 minutes of any talk I give is the same. I'm a kid, Russia, baseball cards, lemonade stands, liquor store. But then I go in a lot of different directions depending on who's in the room, the context of the room. That is what I believe in more than anything. I think it's grossly underestimated right now by exactly what you're talking about, even the people that know the most about it, which is if you don't understand how... this, I almost call this book slang marketing, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't understand the slang of the room you're talking in, then you're going to seem like an outsider. So if you don't know which hashtags to use or how many, if you don't understand that infographics over index on Pinterest versus other platforms, you're leaving points on the table. If you don't realize that animated GIFs are going to give you a better percentage of a chance to succeed, or that instead of coming up with your own hashtag, that looking at which hashtags are trending and figure out how to create copy or what you want to say but still somewhat place into the hashtag that is trending at the moment is going to give you a six hundred percent higher lift on the engagement things that you're looking for. These are the things because I have a very developed company that's doing, you know, we're producing three, four hundred pieces of micro content a day, Jay. Yeah, and like a lot. and so we're at scale now at Vayner and that's why I knew I wanted to write this book because I felt like I was in a position to write the two oh one book. And so what you're what you're jumping on is the number one thing I care about, which is you have to know that For example, people that link their Facebook and Twitter accounts together for efficiency when they push something out are doing exactly what I don't believe in, which is using social networks as distribution platforms instead of platforms to natively tell a story. Tell your story within Facebook. Tell your story within Twitter. And then, again, yes, use it as a gateway drug to longer form content, but first get your story across within the platform because it will do much better.
0: Have you seen, we we talk about this a lot on the show, um, that the skill set needed to be quote unquote good at social has changed tremendously in the last year. It it went from being a pretty good writer and a good listener to being exceptionally good at visual communication. I told somebody the other day that, you know, somebody asked me, hey, what, what do I really need to do to be better at social media? And I said, go take a photography class.
2: And 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 I wouldn't have said that. Or or become good at at Photoshop, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I wouldn't have said that even a year ago. Um, How has that changed how you hire and how you structure your teams at VaynerMedia?
2: The answer is you're 100% right. The second part to your question is it's what we've been doing from the beginning. The market came to us. It's really worked out for me. It's why we've gone from 20 to 300 people in two years, right? We were hiring improv actors and and certain kind of designers who weren't crippled by heavy output um and also loved tumblr you know tumblr was a very interesting kind of um platform for me three years ago i feel a lot of what a lot of what instagram has to do with has a lot to do with the dna of tumblr mm-hmm. it's a shame on tumblr for not moving quickly into mo- mobile i think they really are the ones that left it on the table um it's 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 clearly affected it. I mean, we were heavily in 2010 into 11, I started hiring a lot of designers, ones that weren't obsessed with long-form creative, but were willing to... And listen, at first, designers were tough to hire for this because they thought the content was beneath them
0: this yeah they want a big, they want to make a website or a sculpture that's right. that's not a facebook right. graphic
2: and i was like this is the few you know i'm pretty persuasive i'm a good salesman i was able to convince some good talented people listen this is where things are going to go you need to think of yourself as breaking news people not as documentary filmmakers and that got me to start learning what i was looking for which was a different kind of breed. know we started creating them Through our community managers, we would ask if they were good at Photoshop. It it became a very interesting game for me. And listen, the reason I think this book is good is a lot of it is "quote unquote" the secrets of how we became this agency, right? Very quickly. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I I think you've got to peg.
0: What's the what's? I mean, if you're if you're making three or four hundred pieces of content a day across uh, dozens of, of brands, what's the approval process look like there in your agency? So somebody sees an opportunity for micro content to jump on top of a trend, pop culture, a hashtag, like, you know what, we should make an X and put it in Y. How does that go from how does that go from idea to to publishing?
2: That's only one to five percent of the content a day, right? Because the truth is you've got it pegged again because you're so deep into this. It's not because of our issue at hand. It's our brand managers and the people we work with being fast enough to approve the content to make it still relevant, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so,
2: and, and so we've got five to 10 to 15 clients that are incredible and we've got their legal departments in the right place and we're doing it and we're getting some of that stuff out. But the truth is, you know, the far majority of it is evergreen content that's approved, you know, two to six weeks ahead of time.
0: And you're using some sort of editorial calendar to guide that process.
2: That's right. Yeah. And, and, and we've got our own IP of how much should be testing versus should be on trend and, how much Thanksgiving content versus football content. Versus, yeah. You know, there's a lot, you know, we've been really in the science of this creative. And so why I felt very confident to kind of put my chest out there with, you know, listen, this is just, by the way, the Dunkin' Donuts piece and every other piece, my opinion, right? There's a lot of subjective nature. I mean, this is not as black and white as other things in the world. I'm the first to say, and I say it up front in the book, some of this, I would say of the 76 or so case studies, you know, Fifty of them, I think, are completely non-debatable, right? And I, I wonder, as you read it, Jay, would be, again, as somebody who I, who I respect, you know, did you find yourself in the eighty, ninety, a hundred, fifty percent agreeing with me on it? I mean, I think, you know, that's the interesting question, right? A lot of this is it's some of this. Not, phrase, not a lot. That would be some of it can become. Some.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I wouldn't say that there's any that I looked at that I disagreed with. There were certainly there were certainly some. That's why some. it
2: took me so long because I winnowed yeah. out a lot of the ones that I was like. You know, if I felt myself wavering even for five seconds, yeah. I kind of took it out.
0: There were certainly some where I thought, you know, I'm not as nonplussed Passionate by that. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. maybe there's a better example. But yeah. what's cool yeah. about this, and I don't know if you've got, you probably don't have the time or the inclination to do this, but what's interesting about this book, about Jab, 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 Right Hook, is that you could, you could publish, you know, forever. two, two versions of this book a year. I mean, you could forever. do one every I, six know, months forever.
2: I You know, it's funny. Do you? Back to your Thursday piece of content, I wasn't aware you guys did it that consistently. I know that you, this was something you understood well and talked about. I, at some level, wrote this book also because it allows me the same luxury wine allowed me. Wine Library TV worked and allowed me to communicate to the world on a daily basis because there were so many wines, and every year there were new wines. I'd never get to the end of it. Yeah. Same with this micro content. Yeah. I, I have a lot of heart to build up com in the future Well, you know, I can, I really feel like I have an opportunity now if I want to, you know, do extensive eBooks or daily piece of content, or definitely, you're absolutely right. I've, I've set the stage if people agree with me, if they think I bring value, if I continue to run the agency and be so deep day to day to know every subtle twist and turn of Twitter cards and this, that, and the other thing that I've put myself in a position to be able to social commentate on these pieces of content. And I have a lot of heart for it because I'm a, I'm a, it's, the single thing that I'm most passionate about in storytelling in today's world.
0: I I see it as it's $19.99 a month, and you get a subscription, and every month you get 20 new examples from Gary and access to a one-hour call where you explain them.
2: That's one. Nate, if you would have heard what Jay just said, I'm sorry to ruin the podcast for everybody. You should hear what Jay just said. I see $19.99 a month. He studies in one hour with me. So we've been sitting here. This is really being transparent with everybody, we've been sitting here with the notion of, and I guess maybe some people can leave comments in your blog, I'll, I'll jump into the section and talk, of I want Jab to be an evergreen book, and maybe maybe we create a club where they buy three copies each month, and basically what you just said exactly happened, yeah. so instead of the money, I just wanna find ways to get people that care about this to get three more copies and give them to their staff yeah. or yeah. gifts, um, literally exactly what we were just talking
0: about. Yeah, it's interesting. Literally,
2: literally exactly to the team.
0: It's interesting, um, and, and it's got a lot of potential to sort of take that "this will work forever" approach. Did you set out? I, I know, no, you didn't. You did not set out to write a book that you that would be evergreen. It just happened to work out that way.
2: Yeah, you know me too well, right? Yeah, I was. I, yeah, it, it, it became more obvious to me as as it formulated. Here's what I. Here's the truth. I set out to write a book, to um, to do two things. One, and this is the truth. I hate to say it because it makes me feel so. It's such a simple minded thing, but I wanted to write a book that you respected. And when I say you, I mean UJ and about four to 700 other people. Okay. That was very important to me. Um, and then to really make sure number two, I, I'm not even selling it as a, a romantic thing. The first one was selfish. I wanted to come out strong and remind everybody, Hey, Gary's got chops. It's not just, you know, Gary V right. Yep. Um, and then number two, I wanted to make sure that everybody that read it got much better at social media immediately after it, and I'm seeing that. Jay, somebody sent me a TwitPic yesterday. You know how when you manage a Facebook fan page, it shows you your impressions at the top? Yeah. Like the last seven posts? I don't know if that's what your fan page defaults into. Yeah, yeah. Great. So he took a picture and said, Gary V, I read uh, Jab, and I implemented it, and look at this, and his most two current posts had 44,000 impressions, while the other five had 20,000 which meant that he was getting likes, shares, comments, whatever is driving that virality. So that to me was like, you know, that was just like such a moment for me. Literally, um, that's that's what I set out to write with the book. Then I realized, wait a minute, this book is, is very evergreen. It sets me up to want to do this if I want to do this full time.
0: One of the concepts that you talked about in the book, almost as as sort of a throwaway because it's in part of your comments, but I think it's really, really important, is the potential power of sawdust, which is what you call sort of boring content uh, at VaynerMedia. Can you talk about that a little bit and how that works? I think it's a really key theme.
2: Nice pickup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's always pieces of content going on when other things are going on, right? It's kind of how some of our favorite TV shows ever happened, where it's like showing you the behind the scenes. We were more interested in that than we were in the actual show, right? It's like, show me behind the curtain. And so when people are making television commercials, or print, or there's just always these moments for a Vine, or an animated GIF. And so we spend a lot of time with our clients and I implore a lot of you to be thinking about, you know, when you're doing something, is there something, for example, I, I literally just thought of this on the spot. Could, I don't even know if you I'm, of course you can do this. I don't know how easy it is. But if somebody's making a piece of micro content in Photoshop, what if that was recorded while you were doing it and sped up to be a 45 second video, right? Jay? Yeah. You see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like, like, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff. And I call that sawdust, right? Your your point was to make a a, a picture, what I call branded status update, a BSU, right? Uh, this picture that you're going to put in, in Facebook, or you're making an infographic for Pinterest, but maybe you record it. And now all of a sudden, you got a 47 second YouTube video of how you made it. And maybe that's the piece of content that brings you value. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for content creation, where Traditionally, one doesn't see there is that potential.
1: I love that because it shows extension, Gary. And this is Zena. And I've got, I've got a question or actually just a take on, on what you guys have been talking about, you know. And for me, I love I loved the name of the book. But what really resonated for me is in your video, you say, this is really about give, 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 ask, and convert. And I was like, ah, oh, light bulb. Totally makes sense to me. Because right or jab 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 right hook because I don't know anything about boxing. <laughs> yeah, it didn't just it didn't make any sense to me. But then yeah, you know it. I list, I listened to the video and I was like ah got it give 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 ask convert makes and sense. You know it's
2: funny <laughs> I really struggled with what you just said I really wavered three to four times before it came out to change the title I even once. Facebook asked my community, and overwhelmingly, well, not, that's not fair, 65 70% said to go with give, 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 ask. I very much understood that people that have never heard of me or anything about it, they walked by it in a store, they would understand it more. Something intuitively just made me stick to the jab right hook, but I get it. And, and yeah, I, uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you watched the video and picked up on that theory, and obviously anybody who reads it would pick up on that theory.
1: Yeah. And I love the book. I love the size. I love, you know, I love that it can be a tabletop. I I love that it's going to be a utility that you can pick up off the table and just go. I love the layout. I mean, everything that I've seen about it, I I just think it's going to be handy. The case studies are going to be great. I, I come from the brand side. I'm on the partner side now, but I know brands need those guardrails. And like Jay was saying, you've got a great example To your right, and on your left, you have a not-so-good example. I mean, those are kind of the clear-cut lines you need when you're being thrown into something like this. Or you also need to just, yeah, exactly. You just need to explain it. You need those. So I think those are great. But the thing I wanted to bring up is your ink. You know, being on the cover of ink, awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. But I wanted to talk about number 25 on that um, know-how, like lead know-how edition. You're number 25 on that for the ink article was how to handle haters. And I was wondering if you could, you know, talk a little bit to our audience about that, because online, a lot of us deal with a lot of haters. Yeah. And it's really interesting, I think, of most of us, especially on the brand side, when I was at H&R Block, a lot of what we did is just kind of let them, you know, we wanted them to disappear. And I really liked your take.
2: I appreciate that. Um, thanks. So, you know, it's kind of the cousin to why I cared about people caring and thinking this was good, right? Um, so my point in that book, excuse me, in that Inc. Magazine article was, I do something very rare. I'm, I'm in the, as you know, you know this, I'm in a huge minority on this issue. You know, the mm-hmm. conventional wisdom is don't fe- feed the trolls, right? Right. Um, I have gone the other way in my career. I, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to do a better job of actually feeding my fans, not just the trolls, right? I think that that's something I'm working on. I think I was so extreme early on. I think I've mellowed out a little bit and evened out, but
1: the
2: the punchline is that I said that I respect my haters. And when I sat down and wrote this book, much to what I told everybody on this podcast, why I wrote it, I went and read every negative review on Crush It and Thank You Economy on Amazon, all of them, multiple times. I got myself really pissed off, and got myself really motivated to put in the work that was needed to make this book what it is. And so, you know, when people say that I'm obnoxious or that, uh, you know, I have a big ego, um, you know, or that, you know, oh yeah, it's easy for him because his dad had a liquor store, or all the things that people pick on me, um, on for, I respect it. I don't know what else to really say. I actually do respect my haters. I I listen to them. because this is a human being that has consumed me in this manner, right? Um, It it motivates me. It it makes me try to become better. You know, when, like I said to everybody who's listening right now before we got on the call, Jay said, because I mainly tuned you out, that was a feeling that I was getting from the top 5%, and I said to myself, I've got to get more detailed because I know that I succeed. I mean, I'm not building these companies, these eight-figure businesses by accident, right? This isn't coming because I'm clever or because I say funny things on stage. I'm an executor of business, so I needed to challenge myself to become a better communicator, to be valuable to listen to. And so, I uh, I don't think any you know do I think some people just want to dislike people for the sake of it? Of course I do, but I actually think that number is far smaller than people think. And I think it would be egotistical slash naive to just disregard all your haters as people that just want to hate. I've watched a lot of my haters convert into people that have become advocates, and and I understand how that process happened. And I give a lot of effort to, to my haters. First, I listen, and I read, and I pay attention, and I truly consume it. And second, a lot of times I'll reach out and, and try to uh, remedy it or at least acknowledge that voice, which I think at times is what people are looking for.
1: And I think that's a great example, again, especially for brands. It's diffusing. It's not fearing. It's understanding what the point is and getting clarification and then approaching it, maybe apologizing, but, you know, coming to some terms, not running away from it. So, yeah, I, I thought that advice was great. And the respect angle of it, I think, is something that all of us need to be reminded of in the social sphere, in this fishbowl that we live in. So I appreciate that. Thank you. One other thing, and then I'm going to give it back to Jay. Yeah. So Jay, Jeff, and I are all from the Midwest. We kind of joke that we're the Midwest Mafia. What I love about, <laughs> and what I love about you, Gary, even though you're East Coast and, and you embrace that and love that, is you really don't consider our states flyover states. You are here, you know, you're at the you're at, at Big Omaha. I'm in Kansas City. I know you're going to be, um, Skyping in or Google plusing, plusing in to our event on on Friday yep. and, you know, talking with us. So, you know, you love Kansas City. You, you have shouts out to Omaha. I know you've done stuff in Chicago. And I, I think the great thing fan, about it by the
2: way, just to jump in, I apologize. I'm a huge fan. of
1: yeah, no, jump in, in.
2: In Columbus, Ohio and Oklahoma City. So go ahead. But I just wanted to give them a plug because I, I'm especially what's going on in, in Columbus, Ohio right now is really interesting. There's a lot of really interesting peeps there right now.
1: And we love Ohio. You know, I mean, we do. I mean, Jay and I, we're actually, next week we've got somebody on who's who's from Ohio that, that we love. It's actually a police chief who's doing amazing things in social. In fact, we need to hook him up with you, Gary, so that he could be a case study for, you know, what you're going to okay. be doing, you know, please, moving please forward with JAB. Yeah, seriously. because You know, he's just doing great things. Um, but what was my point with all of that? Oh, so, I just love, I love just the that you're you know, embracing it where it's happening. You know, the everyday man, the everyday woman, all of us, wherever we're at, what we're doing within social, what we're doing within integrated um, marketing, whether it's in Austin, whether it's in KC, whether it's in Bloomington, you know, wherever we're at, um, you're taking the time and, you know, sharing your expertise, but also applauding us for what we're doing. And, you know, when, when we're in the thick of it, we forget that we're, you know, we're pushing that big rock up. Um, and you remind, you know, you remind us by stepping in, you know, we're all behind it, you know, we're all doing it together. And I've, I've heard you present, you know, you've spoken at um, Big Omaha and it really helps not only the big guys, you know, like the H&R Blocks of the World, but also the little entrepreneurs with the one or two man shop and, you know, the things that you're saying, I'm not trying to be in a big love fest here, Gary, but it's it's appreciated and, um, you know, more power to you and keep coming back. And we, we appreciate what you're doing.
0: Yeah, when are you coming to Bloomington? You're supposed to be coming out here.
2: Yeah, there, we're, there's something actually blew, uh, brewing for that, so we need to. I need to like zone you in on that. There's a couple of people that have been hitting me up. I well, Trotsky,
0: probably Mike Trotsky, I, I assume, and other guys. Well, guess. he's
2: the best. I mean, he's been the singular force. I mean, he, he tried to bribe me with collectible toys, and it almost worked. Um,
0: to that point,
2: <laughs> thank you so much, I, and I'll tell you why. And, you know, it's super flattering, and I, I, I wish this was a, 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 a live stream because... But, you know, you could only imagine how big my smile is, and I appreciate those kind words, mainly because it's just this is a continuation of where I come from. Don't forget, the way I entered into this whole wacky world was by doing a wine show where I was single handedly fighting the establishment of snobbery in the wine world. And so, you know, I'm a very undereducated guy. I'm a DNF student. I'm an immigrant. I'm short. I'm a, you know, I'm an underdog, right? And like, so I've, I've, I will never. And listen, I fully plan on buying the New York Jets for all the people that know that that's my life goal. But even when mm-hmm. I do that, become a billionaire, and all those things that come along with it, I'm I'm completely convinced that I'm not going to forget where I come from and how I started. And I never feel that I'm better than anybody. I really just don't. Uh, you know, I'm blown away that I'm lucky enough to be in a position where people appreciate me coming to places and uplifting others. That's absurd. I mean, I um, I have plenty of you know, confidence and bravado, but I never ever think that I'm rewarded anything or deserve anything, and I'm I'm just as thankful. Well, there's
0: a lot of people I'm with, a lot of people, with um, oh, a lot of people out there with So a ha- lot of people out there with half your talent and and, uh, and, and four times uh, four times your ego. So it's good to keep that in balance.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we we'll
0: have a
1: couple I'm more. I'm actually holding your. Sorry, Jay. I'm actually holding your 101 wines book right now. I'll tweet it out. <laughs> so that very first book, believe yeah. it or not, it's it's right here on my desk. I was like, I'm pulling it out. Thank
0: you so much. I've been around here, too, somewhere. Uh, we'll be back. A couple more questions uh, for Gary before we let him go. First, I want to remind everybody that this podcast is also brought to you by the good people at Jan Rain, leaders in social sharing social login and social profile data collection. They've got a fantastic ebook that I've been telling you about that helps you collect better data on your website, use social login to increase conversion rates, improve data accuracy. You can get that at ar.gy slash better registration. That's ar.gy slash better registration, all lowercase. Also, the Social Pros podcast brought to you by Xbeyond, Zenas company. Uh, if you want to take a look at a newfangled social media management system for your company going into 2014, you probably should do that pretty soon. And Zena herself might even be able to help you make a decision about your social media platform. XBion is really a leading global choice for complex brands with lots and lots of different uh, operational moving parts. So if you have a big franchise organization, or you have a company with a lot of different uh, workplaces where you've got a lot of people who have to log into your social accounts, make sure people aren't doing the wrong things, make sure you have some sort of governance and a system and analytics and all the things that we're talking about here with micro content, you really need a platform like Expion. It is fantastic software. If you haven't seen an XBion demo recently, I suggest you make that happen here before the end of the year, ask Xena, she'll hook it up. Uh, just go to their website, xbeyond.com. Gary, let me ask you about native advertising. Uh, you didn't talk about it much in the book. Uh, what's your take at this point? Promoted posts, promoted tweets—the whole thing—is it? Is are we at the point now with with the way the algorithms have been tweaked that you almost have to have some sort of paid, or is using paid a crutch uh, for not doing uh, micro content well?
2: I think it's I think it's number one if you're a business of any kind of real size, um, and and. What I'm really excited about is we've run some really interesting numbers, Jay, where our content, which we think is native, meaning it's high quality for the platform, actually does way better when paid is applied against it Mm -hmm. from a virality. So a baseline, our virality is about 80% better than the market that we test against. So the other competitors that in the categories where we put out content for companies. But when we do paid, we're 170% better than our competitors when they do paid. Yeah. So it's interesting, because the targeting has gotten so good with dark posts on Facebook, that if you can make the right content and you target the right people, you get an extra boost of virality that you don't pay for, which is unlike any other ad platform in the world. So I would go with the, the prior to your to your question. On the flip side, I don't want anybody who's listening right now that is, let's say, a personal brand or one-person solopreneur or a small business. You don't have to to do paid to be successful, Uh, but I do think that the paid product that social networks offer, specifically Facebook dark posts, has a lot of upside and dramatically far more interesting than pre-rolls or banner ads or other things that I think they're spending their money on.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, the, the way this whole system is set up is that the rich get richer, right? If you do it well uh, and you and you add
2: well, exposure. I would, say that the, I would say that the proper get richer, and that yeah. makes sounds yeah. even more interesting, right? Yeah. That a small sub shop in, in Ohio, if they decide to allocate $1,000 a month Facebook ads to do dark posts, that if they actually put time and effort into the actual creative I'd rather them spend 500 bucks on the paid and spend 500 bucks for a local, you know, designer who has a whole shop because they'll get more impressions and yeah. awareness and conversion.
0: You should probably explain the term dark posts for for people who are yep. on listening to the show who aren't sure what you mean. Yep, so
2: there's there's a, The proper term, that's a slang term, the proper term is unpublished posts. And I went into that in the book a little bit because I got lucky that it was starting to get more mature right before it came out. But the notion is now on Facebook, you can show up in anybody's stream that you want by targeting them um, and targeting a certain demo. And it's a very effective ad unit. It's very effective. I mean, imagine targeting people who are Ohio State fans, who are fans of Subway, Subway Shop, who live five miles away and work at the store that you know is the office building that, you know, is across the street from your subway shop. You now can actually target that person with a piece of content that could draw them into your subway shop. Big yeah.
0: deal. Yeah, no question. And, and what Gary's talking about is the is, is actually, you know, native posts. Right. So it's not the right rail ads that we've been talking about for a long time on Facebook. It's the actual that's things right. that happen it's within in the stream. stream. Yeah.
2: With, and that's the whole game. Right. Because, yeah. it's, because now for the first time ever, you're not disrupting the person from doing what they're naturally doing. They're naturally looking at the pictures in the stream, and now here you show up.
0: No doubt. Um, let me ask you uh, one other question, then we'll get to the the close here. Um, what is your take today on on Google Plus? You know, you're you know one of the things that makes you you is that you're always. On top of the trend, whether it's as a as an investor or as what you were doing for vayner or, or as an author um lots of conflicting advice uh including some from me. what's yeah. your take today?
2: right this minute is basically where I've been the whole time. I've really not wavered too much from this, which is they're gonna force it to be important
0: yeah yeah they you can know, they I, can make you use it eventually
2: I just can't that against them, yeah. Jay, you know. Uh, there's a video that I'm trying to figure out where I set it because I know I said it in a keynote and I want to use it as like, look, so I was right, because I like those moments. I talked about them forcing us to use it if we wanted to leave a comment on YouTube. That just yep. happened, right? Yep. Um, I, You know, Gmail, Android. I mean, these guys, self-driving cars. I mean, they could get. I, I feel like I'm going to be driving my car in 10 years and I won't be able to start it unless I <laughs> use my Google yeah. Plus account. Yep. So I look at it as a social network API. I... You could tell where my mind's at. You could see I spent only two, three pages on Google+, Plus with no examples. I have not been able to look at it as its own network. I don't understand the variable little things that happen on Google+, Plus that make it different than other places. I do be basically not create original content for Google+. Plus. A lot of it is... You know, they actually do such a good job with populating the imagery, if you use a link, yep. that that out of all the places, they do the best job of like making your, your picture look nice if you use a link from the web. So they've allowed me to be a little lazy on it. But I, every day, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like when you're sleeping, you've got one eye half open. Yep. Every day I'm wake, waiting to wake up or get a text and hear that they did something that makes me completely feel like I've got to spend all my time on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they have, they have the resources and the patience to play the long game. And, and eventually but, but as a
2: standalone social network it hasn't done a whole lot though the original nerd crowd that loved twitter has found itself a little bit of a nice community on google plus so
0: I'm i would agree with that for sure you know, it reminds me of it reminds me of early twitter over there
2: yeah i'm a fan you know what i don't like about it and this might be just on me i haven't looked i gotta double check after this call now that it made me think about it if it's not mobile you know, then I can't use anything, right? I've okay. stopped. I don't reply a lot to comments on my Facebook page anymore because it's not easy on the Facebook page mobile yeah. device. You know, yeah. I need it to be mobile easy. I, I like their really app a lot.
0: I really like the Google plus app.
2: Yeah. Good. Good. So I'm to good. It's good. It is. Good. I think they're
1: forcing businesses. I mean, businesses have to be on there because if you're not, it's not helping the search results. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. They, so, the,
2: yeah, that's the killer bomb, right? Search yeah. and the play. All, and those, all of our local
1: clients, it's just like it's default. It's expected. It has to be checked off. But the engagement, it's not there.
2: And the other thing I don't like about that is, from my standpoint of what I'm worried about me doing then that, is that I'm not producing native. I mean, almost very few people are producing native content for Google+. Right. Right. Really, I, what we're doing is, you know, I'll post something that's important to me and then I'll just go in there. And again, I'm, uh, this is where the details it. come in. Because they do such a better job than Facebook to make your picture look pretty when you just put a link in there, it's the one place that can almost go against what I wrote about in this new book because the content looks really nice in there. They've done a really good job with that.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Right.
2: Just post the picture. Yeah. Well, and no, and he, The fact that you just put a link in there
0: and, yeah, and it pulls a the picture, picture from yeah, that pulls link, the picture, it it
2: pulls it picture looks really from nice. it, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, I mean, there's things that I didn't get into in this book that I'm testing these days, which is like what primary colors activate more engagement. I mean, yeah. this stuff gets very deep. This is just the beginning.
0: Yeah, and wait till somebody really gets dialed in with the ability to do A/B or multivariate testing inside I mean, Jay, inside I'll, Facebook And We're doing order. it,
2: and we're yeah. doing it. I just didn't feel like I was ready to publish it because, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't want to guess, right? Right. But imagine you open this book, Jay, and and you know you're reading, and it talks about seven primary colors and how they over index or under index in creating more shares on Facebook, you would have been like, holy crap. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's the kind of stuff we've been doing with landing pages and email for 10 or 12 years. It's just that in social, the, the networks haven't been mature enough to really run those kind of experiments until recently.
2: Correct. And, and there's very few companies that have 300 employees that only do creative or social networks. So I have the advantage of that. And that's what I've been applying.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I think LinkedIn too, which you didn't talk about a lot in the book. Cause it's not highly visual, uh, but but those guys are playing for keeps, man. Uh, you know, over the next You're, year, I'm I am super excited. It's, it's
2: ridiculous how much we're on the same page. LinkedIn's new pages, I yeah. think, are going to be humo- I mean, we're at VaynerMedia taking B2B clients for the first time because we think we can drive huge results on these new LinkedIn yeah. pages.
0: Yeah, the new, the new nested pages where you can have brands and divisions <laughs> and all that. Yeah, it's going to be... Because you know what? Look, here's the reality. Facebook pages for businesses is not a great experience. There's nothing about it that's great um, for businesses. You
2: mean a B2B standpoint?
0: Yeah, or even a B two C standpoint in terms of what you, in terms of the the flexibility and what you can really do. I mean, you can do a few things great as you're doing every day. Yeah. There's only a few things you can do. It's kind of a one trick pony. I think LinkedIn is is saying, look, we're gonna be we're gonna be the the the, the social home base for brands that care about content, not necessarily micro content. And I think that's really an interesting play.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think what will net itself out as is. For me, if micro content's is done properly, you actually get a two-for-one. Yeah. You, yeah. you get the micro-content story and the awareness, and then it becomes the gateway to the long form, yep. which I actually think has a lot of value, but I don't disagree with you, and I think I, I'm, I, it's stunning to help me, especially where I saw LinkedIn a year ago, what they've been able to do through the influencer media works and yep. what they're doing with the p- pages. They've had a remarkable year.
0: And I, th- you know, we, we talk all the time about Facebook buying Instagram and, and Snapchat turning down $3 billion and Yahoo buying Tumblr. But the thing that never gets talked about as much as it should is LinkedIn buying SlideShare because that is is going to end up being a major, major linchpin in all of this.
2: I think you're right. And I also think that another thing that is going to get talked about is LinkedIn's stock price. It's ridiculous. I, mean, yeah. I would have yeah, shorted up. it when it came out. No I would have lost a fortune. I was so wrong about
0: that. I really like the the slide share that you put together, uh, for the book too. We'll make sure to embed that into the blog post. It was really, really well Thank done. You. Yeah, I liked Thank it. You. Okay. Last two questions. Cause I know you got to go first question. Um, w- obviously read the book would be one, but, but what one tip would you give people, um, uh, who are social professionals, social media pros and doing social media management for brands? What one tip would you give them, uh, going forward?
2: And this is where I get fun. This is where it's really fun, where I can give a very detailed answer, very needle to end of a needle point because I know the audience. The number one thing I would tell everybody to do is to use trending topics, trending hashtags in writing their copy for what they have to say, what they would have said anyway, what they wanted to say at that moment, but reverse engineering because the awareness you're able to get by accident, and very honestly, I'll say it here up front, It's not necessarily great impressions, right? Because it's not people that necessarily want to see it. But I'm looking at it right now, and let me try to see if I can pick one. Uh, Hashtag cookie chatter is trending right now. Figure out how to take that and put it into what you're, you know, you know, what you wanted to say. Maybe if I want, like right now, I'm in full right hook mode and try to promote the book. Maybe I'm said, you know, would say instead of, you know, you know, eating a cookie now. Hashtag cookie chatter, reading my book, or this and that. I mean, there's ways to play creatively the hashtag into your copy and still say what you wanted to say and I've been seeing some really fascinating results where I'm getting a lot more awareness a lot of it I would say 85% of it is not people that I want slash want me but it's been stunning to me of how much I've been able to pick up with the 15% I was going to say that thing anyway it took a four more minutes of brain power to come up with more creative copy but it's low-hanging fruit that literally nobody's doing. Listen, I think I'm saying this answer because I'm trying to force myself to do it even more often. It is just a no-brainer. It's, it's creating you. It's creating a scenario where you're becoming a more creative writer. It's challenging and fun, actually. It's a fun copy game. And, uh, and uh, I actually feel like that's the advice I want to give.
0: That's outstanding. I, I, really, lo- I really like that, that angle. Do you ever take that cross-channel? So if you've got a trending topic on Twitter, you make that content in Facebook?
2: No, because that's, that's almost the thesis of my book, right? It yeah. almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you know, they're just different places. Yep. And one thing we didn't talk about here, Jay, and I wanted to say this because I know that everybody's very smart in here, the psychology. A woman that is 45, that's on Pinterest, and then goes and spends an hour on Pinterest and then an hour on Facebook, the psychology of why she's there, the why is she there is very different. On Pinterest, she has the intent to buy or the aspiration to buy. On Facebook, she's there to keep up with her universe. The way you storytell and put out pictures and content needs to formulate to the psychology, not just the triggers of what the platform actually does.
0: Yeah, I mean, where you see that most uh, egregiously, I think, is when I I have brands say, well, we need to do either Pinterest or Instagram. It's like, well, wait a second. I mean, Pinterest is what you want to be true. Instagram is what is true. That's a fundamental difference.
2: And so
0: so that's the other thing. Uh, Last question. And thanks very much. Uh, Congrats on the book. I want to remind everybody before we go uh, that if you comment on the blog post that will have the transcript of of this podcast uh, or share that out uh, and you're one of the first uh, for 20 people or whatever it is to do that, uh, I will send you a copy of the amazing Jab, 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 Right Hook, courtesy of Convince and Convert. Last question, Gary, if you could do a Skype call with any uh, living person, uh, who would that be?
2: With a living person? Yes. A Skype call with a... That's a really good question. A Skype call with a living person, who would it be? Um, I mean, the we, real tr- true answer would probably be Mohammed Wilkerson. Um, that's number 96 on the New York Jets. He's um, literally the most exciting young talent the Jets have had in years on the defensive end. Um. And then, if you want me to put it in the context of business, by far the person that I think is the most interesting entrepreneur right now, and I have for a long time, I even got booed in 2010 South by Southwest speech, is Jeff Bezos because everybody wanted me to say Steve Jobs. Um, I think Bezos is just the most innovative, interesting kind of guy growing right now. So
0: yeah, talk about somebody playing the long game, right?
2: yeah and and you've got me pegged. that's why I like him. I think he plays super long, right? Super long. I love that he says, "Go screw yourself to 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 Wall Street. If I ever stumbled and I doubt it into a, a into a public company that I ran, you know that would so be my, up my alley. I just love the marathon over the sprint. It's why I want to give, 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 and then ask it, you know it's just so important. I don't understand how people don't realize that the best way to get something is to give something first.
0: Well, it's funny. You, know, you can't do jab, 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 right hook. You can't do utility. You can't do any of that unless you are playing the long game, unless you have some sort of patience. You don't have enough time to let, the, let, to let your customers come to you uh, if you're just trying to close deals every, every 10 seconds. Now let's
2: talk about one other thing that never gets talked about. I want to say it right here, right now, and I don't talk about it a lot myself. There's another variable to play this game that matters, which is lack of expectation. The thing that saved my ass and the, way, the reason I roll the way I roll is I would do 24 favors for you, Jay. And then if I called you and said, hey, my new book's coming out, can you do something? And you said no, I would be shockingly not upset. And, and I think that that is something that most people aren't blessed to have. I can tell you enormous amounts of my happiness in my life is predicated by my lack of expectation. The reason I'm able to play the jab, 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 right hook game is because if I'm unable to right, land the right hook, I'm not disappointed.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. You're right that that most people think of those kind of relationships, even though they'll tell you they don't, they do. They think of it as a quid pro quo, right? They think they about really that they're putting do. money in the bank. It's, it's human nature, I think, for most people.
2: I, I do. And you know what happens to me, and I don't know if this is the cynical part of my brain, I don't care because as long as that person knows I'm a good person, then that will be talked about me behind my back, and I think right. that has value, right? So maybe yeah. that's the – you know, I don't need it to be that transactional. Just because I supported utility, I don't expect you to support – like, it, I, listen, it happens all the time. I mean, I'm blown away. I, you know, and I'll tell you another thing, Jay. It's also a tremendous – for everybody who's listening right now, it also becomes a tremendous filter – of which funerals you want to go to.
0: (laughs) Right, no doubt. I
2: mean it. I mean, you know, like I very much know who you are as a human being through a lot of transactions at this point. And when I say transactions, that's because I'm a businessman. I mean interactions, you know? And so I don't get upset. It's kind of like, I don't know, was the movie The Bronx Tale? Which movie was it where the gangster tells the little kid, you know, don't worry about that kid that owes you the 20 bucks? Right, right. You got off cheap?
0: Yep, No doubt.
2: It's the way I think. When I do two or three nice things for somebody, overextend myself, get them a big, you know, I've put people on national television, got them funding this, that, and the other thing, and they can't even do something small for me, that's okay. I mean, I ju- it just a, it gives me a very clear view of how they roll, and it enables me to be a little bit more selective. And you know what's so funny? Even when I say that, I've come back and done it again, I, I don't mind. It's that lack of expectation that creates eternal happiness. And I think when you guys are creating content for your audience and you're throwing a ton of jabs, and then you say, Hey, can you buy my hey, can you buy my book, buy my wine, buy my stuff, order my course, da 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 and they don't convert. If you're lucky enough to not be disappointed at the people that just take and never convert for you, you can really win.
0: Yeah, and maybe they'll convert eventually too. It doesn't have to be exactly when you throw that. When, when you throw that right hook, doesn't have to be uh, the only circumstances that you can convert because maybe they're just not ready. It doesn't matter. Listen, may, there's you know.
2: also real life stuff. I mean, Jay, the, the weirdest thing through this book launch has been people that have tweeted things like, I can't afford to get your book. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that breaks my heart. I'm sending, you know, I want to send them 40 in the mail. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, just people, life is, life is deeper than just the transactions of it all. And so anyway, that's kind of where I'm at on
0: that. Great stuff. Gary, thanks very much. Uh, great book. Uh, make sure you uh, share the blog post, comment, tweet it out, all those kind of things. I'll send you a copy, jab, 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 right hook from the uh, incomparable Gary Vaynerchuk. Thanks for spending some time. Congratulations on the launch uh, and all the things that you're doing. I will uh, catch you down the road somewhere.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks thanks so much there I wish you guys a, a great, healthy holiday.
0: You too. Uh, before we go, I will remind you the podcast is also brought to you by the good people at Cision, the leading provider of software services and tools to the public relations industry. You should grab Cision's free ebook, especially over the holidays where you're sitting around not doing as much as usual. You should grab it. It's Power Your Story Content Marketing Essentials for PR. You can grab that at ar.gy slash power story. That's ar.gy slash power story, all lowercase. Zena, who is on the show next week? I think we actually uh, teased it a little bit while we were talking to Gary.
1: Yes, yes, it's uh, Chief Oliver, um, and um, he's in Ohio, and he's a police chief there who's doing great things in social. And he's he came to us from a holy social a couple of months ago, and he said he's willing to you know be interviewed by us. So I'm looking forward to yeah, it.
0: Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, the the social media using police chief uh, next week on social pros going to do something a little different. And I just want to tease it right now coming up in the first part of January, it will be the big bad episode 100 of this year podcast for me doing something special with a live Google Hangout. So uh, watch for those details as well. Thanks, everybody for being here. Thanks for being a part of the social pros community. I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. She is Zena Wiest from xbeyond he has been Gary Vaynerchuk. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Social Pros, the show for real people doing real work in social media. Okay, coming through. Please tell your friends about the show. Subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher and view all episodes at socialpros.com. Until next week, thanks to presenting sponsor Exact Target, as well as Cision, Janrain, and XPON. Now, get back to work.